This is the Fearless Launching Show. I'm your host, Ann Samoylov. Today, we're talking all about partnerships, especially as they relate to building your list of potential buyers, making more sales when you launch or when you make your products available. So if that sounds interesting to you and you want to know how to get started today, keep listening. The Fearless Launching Show was created to answer the question, how can I launch my big idea to the world in the most simple, straightforward way possible and reach more of the right people? I'm your host, Ann Samoylov, and I've been helping six and seven figure business owners launch for over a decade. And while I love geeking out about improving launches, new launch strategies, what's working, what's not working, I'm also obsessed with exploring the heart, the mind, the challenges of running your own business. And that's what we're going to do each and every week. I want to show you how to launch that course or coaching program or other creative work and navigate the journey of being an online entrepreneur. So if you're ready for some new perspectives, some new stories around launching, well, I can't wait to share those with you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. So uh, this week, you know, I know a couple episodes ago, during season five here, I talked about a partnership, not situation, but just something that really made me realize that I needed to start approaching partnerships and who I support in a different way. It doesn't mean that I'm all of a sudden like, I'm not supporting anyone because it's not like that kind of a dire situation. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you can head back and listen to that episode. I will put it in the show notes if you're curious what I'm talking about. But today, let's just talk about partnering with people and why it can be so powerful to improve your launches, to improve the quality of your list. And instead of just having a list of people who are interested in opening your emails, they're also interested in potentially clicking through and checking out your offers. We want that, right? This is why we partner so that we can reach these new people that may have never been able to find us, right? Getting in front of other people's audiences is has always been a great way to be to build your list in a way that kind of skips over the super ice cold, someone has to check you out before they put their email in. You are getting, it's it's almost like you get to be a friend of a friend. It's not ice cold, but it's cool to lukewarm. It's a cool to lukewarm introduction. So someone else is vetting you to their audience. And so you do get a little bit of built-in credibility. Oh, they're they're telling me that I should go check this person out. Um, This is a very common, common practice. Whether you're doing a webinar or whether you're doing some other type of thing, like just a live stream with the person, or you're doing a guest post because partnering can mean guest posting as well. And I know that guest posting hasn't been talked about as much in the recent years, but man, I remember in the initial days of, and years of working to kind of create this company and, and the products and everything, it was all about guest posting. Let's see how many, I got to do a guest post tour. Now, of course we can do podcast tours and different things like that, but 
I digress. Okay. So the, the kind of bottom line reason why we partner with people, free traffic, free leads, and leading to potentially more sales, more qualified sales. Um, but the question becomes, like, if this is such a powerful way to not have to pay for traffic, not have to be on social media all day long, all that kind of stuff, then who do we partner with, right? Um, this is what I was talking about before in my uh, episode, just some things, uh, it was my Q1 business kind of download. You want to find people and companies or businesses or service providers, whatever they call themselves, that serve your same audience. So that's the first criteria. Um, the second, and this is something new for me because initially I was just going to my other course creator friends, not really thinking that everybody, once they have a successful launch, needs to launch that thing for some reason. Like, hey, here's how I launch. But that's that's okay. And people totally have the right to do that. But now when I partner with people, I'm looking in kind of other segments of other industries. Um, so in another industry, but that also has many of the same people. So for instance, with entrepreneurship or online business owners, obviously, if you're in that space, you want to choose people who serve those same people. Now, yes, <laughs> you know, you, you could, your audience and your ideal customer might be a doTERRA purchaser or might really like Starbucks, are you going to necessarily need to, or like a special coffee company? Obviously, you don't necessarily want to partner with that type of company if you are selling a business program. But other industries that are more personal in nature, you have a little bit of a wider range of things. So if you are serving other business owners, you do want to look for companies that are business related, but maybe offer books, maybe are authors, have physical products, have our coaches, our service providers, and really, or are our teachers, but maybe are speakers, but don't necessarily have like a whole thing of courses, if that's what you have, or, you know, maybe if you're a coach and you have a coaching program that you really want to get some partnering on, maybe you're going to need to find someone who doesn't have a coaching program, but maybe is in another segment of your coach, your specific coaching kind of it part of the industry. Coach is such a general term. And there are people who are health coaches, fitness coaches, and you know, financial coaches. And underneath that, there can also be additional kind of subsets. There's really no wrong way to do it, but just try to create that connection or understand what that connection is to begin with. Um, if you're someone who's more of a business to consumer business, so you serve people who aren't necessarily in business, then actually it kind of does leave the room open for you to choose some different, unique type of uh, partners that don't necessarily need, that they don't need to be people in, 
in the same business space. Do you know what I mean? So, so it leaves it open for you. You know, um, I'm actually, something that might actually give you some ideas and this just popped into my head is if you're a business person, go listen to some business podcasts, um, small and big ones and see who their sponsors are. And that could actually lead you to be inspired and find someone in one of those markets. Cause that's how they're also looking at their own sponsors. The people who are paying them for, for spot on their show, for a spot on their show, they're saying, Oh, ZipRecruiter hires people. I do talk about hiring, but I don't have a course about that, but it is my same market of people. Um, there's a woman who has Miam, Mayam Bialik has, um, Bialik, the Bialik breakdown or something. I love that podcast. I don't know why the name is escaping me, but she has some really interesting, um, sponsors on that show. And I was like, oh yeah, that's actually a great idea. Um, like for instance, why would maybe, partnering with a co-working space. If you are an entrepreneur, maybe there's a local co-working space that would be willing to either have you come in and teach a workshop or do some sort of, um, lunch and learn or something like that, or, or another company that would want you to come in and do that. And those can be done virtually and, or, you know, in person, depending on what's happening in the world. Um, and by the same token, if you are business to consumer, think of things that are kind of related to what you do. And also like, for instance, if you, if you're a, someone who coaches people through stress, there might be products and product creators who are creating tools to really help people deal with stress in a different way. And that could be a really unique partnership. There are tons of products out there, even just for stress and for different types of stress, which is, it's wild. So you can really, I, I would just take some time and, and I guess your action step really is sit down and ask yourself, am I, first of all, am I a business to business provider? And, or am I a business to consumer, someone who isn't necessarily in business and start thinking about some of the, some of the big names that come to mind. Now you're going to then have to dig in and look for people that you can actually reach out to who might want to partner with you in a specific way. Right. Um, and we can actually talk about that in a little bit, but what we're talking about here when we're talking about partnering is it can be anything from a Facebook live where you both are together. It can be a webinar that, you know, they're, that you could have pre-recorded that you do live for their audience. It could be a speaking engagement. Like I said, it could be you speaking in front of a mastermind. It could be you, um, it could be you like creating a training session for a team. There are so many different things that it could be. Um, it can be a guest post. It, I mean, those are okay, but guest post, it could be, Hey, I'm, can I be on your, let's, let's do a podcast swap and I'm going to, at the end, pitch my program, like for people to apply. So, but I say, if you're going to do a partnership, I am all about webinars and sort of live conversations. So you can choose to do a live workshop or just a live conversation. That would be my recommendation. 
Okay, so let's say you've got your list of people and you're like, okay, how do I reach out to people for the first time? First of all, awkward is not even the word here. I get how hard it is to reach out. I always feel awkward, even when I know people. (laughs) So, because you're like, what do I even say? Hey, so what's up? Um, That's why I start with the inner circle, my inner circle. I get all the awkwardness out with people I know, and I don't mind And they don't mind whether I'm a little weird or not because, and that allows me just to kind of get into the rhythm of uh, these people. And sometimes your inner circle, if now when I say inner circle, they have to be the inner circle and also serve the same audience and not be kind of just like doing exactly what you're doing. If you have a coaching program on mindset and you have another friend who does a coaching program on, you know, financial mindset, maybe that's a little bit too close. So definitely think about, you know, that, that outreach to your inner circle could be like, Hey, do you know anyone who does this, who serves this group of people? And they kind of do this. Do you know anyone who might want to, you know, connect that I could connect with about potentially doing a, uh, webinar or workshop with, I really want to talk to someone who does this. Um, so that could also be your inner circle outreach. The next layer is that I reach out to people who I know pretty well, let's say online, but maybe we've never done a class together. We've never done any sort of anything like visible, like, you know, for, but here's the thing. Once you start doing things visibly with people, it actually really helps the next time you do a partnership or you do like a live workshop with someone or a live conversation with someone. Um, but I, I definitely do after that more inner circle of people I've uh, interacted with, people kind of know, maybe I'm friends with those people. Then I reach out to the next layer. Um, and then next I look at my upcoming, my past podcast guests, people who I truly enjoyed the conversation with feel like there's there's enough of a difference in what we do and that there's no chance. And this is one thing I didn't say above is that, um, when I was talking about who to partner with, but the truth is I, now I have lots of boundaries, uh, around this and I want to make sure like, Hey, you're not going to do a launch program. Are you next week or the week after? I don't care what the program is about. It could be just named something to do with launch. Like for instance, one of my, one of my dearest friends that we started out as kind of, um, we worked on the same project together and we did do a collaboration, like where we did, I did a webinar for my audience introducing her and she did one for me doing the same thing. And that was such a great match. And by by the way, the word launch is in her, one of her business, it's in her business name, I think. Um, which that doesn't matter. That part of it doesn't matter. Um, it, it just has to be clearly different (laughs) because launch is a pretty basic word, right? (laughs) So Okay. So once you do that, you can, so like I said, I look at my upcoming and past podcast guests because those people, and I always keep an eye on those conversations. Now I don't do a ton of inner, like for a season five, we do not have, 
We might have one or two at the very end of the season. I just am deciding if they're going to go into this season or season six. Um, but generally this season, I'm not doing any interviews. And I'm also being very picky because of past experiences I've had with guests. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. The I want a more inclusive um, inter- interview list and... Uh, sometimes I'm just saying, I'm just like, I need to say no across the board and kind of create that, um, create the content and what I want to talk about and then go look for those people, those interesting people that I want to talk to. And so I don't really love podcast pitches because unless they're from people that I literally know and they're like, Hey, you should really talk to this person. They've got this, this, this going on. And they're really interesting because they do this, that I'm more open to, but In general, I don't think I've responded well or yes to any podcast pitches that have been sent to me. I'm just saying, um, it's not because I'm, um, I don't know, maybe it's the introvert in me or something like that, but I just don't like that because it doesn't allow me to then curate this experience that's more inclusive, more thoughtful, and more representative of the entire world, (laughs) not just, you know, I don't know. Toledo. <laughs> and that's just the name that came out of my, out of my hat. So anyways, um, and plus I really do like to vet and check out my guests before I bring them on. And I do, I like to do the same thing before I partner with people. And now I'm making that even more of an important kind of step in my own process. So once you do kind of get to the point where you're like, okay, um, I think these people, this is, these people have said, yes, great. You've done all your vetting. You've checked them out. And you know, you really want to check. There's a few things you want to check out. First of all, you want to check out their business history, you know, what they're known for. I'm not saying you can, I think it's impossible to cover every single scenario, but really kind of like list out the things that are important to you that if you found out after you partnered with someone that you would be so kind of like, oh my gosh, did I literally just partner with this person and now they're doing this? So like, I don't want to bring politics into this, but I am very, I am, I do not often share politics or anything like that online. Um, however, I still do have my own views. And so I want to make sure that the people that I'm speaking to aren't so like stuck in what their beliefs are, um, that, or have unknown beliefs. (laughs) So that can be scary too, because you don't realize until it's too late that you just spoke to someone. No, I mean, I haven't spoken to anybody who has any, anything like that happening, but I'm just saying you want to know where, where people stand on the things that are important to you. And I think more and more now we want to think about this. Um, because like I said, um, it is important to me that people know how to speak, um, with compassion. It's important that people, um, aren't flip in the way that they treat individual humans. And it is also important that there is an understanding of what it means to be inclusive and responsible and smart. (laughs) So, 
Okay, this is probably a side of me that you haven't heard me. Uh, I'm And I'm being careful not to, you know, share any of those details because they're really between me and who I might potentially bring on. Um, okay, on as a guest or a partner. So what to know now before you agree on anything. And I think the main thing here is to have an agreement in place. This is a new one, like I said. And first I make the casual ask and like when we get on the phone, before before I bring up contracts, honestly, because in the past I haven't had contracts. But now when I get on the phone to talk and we're like, okay, we're going to do it on this date. And I'll ask, hey, so what have you got coming up in in your business? What's going on? I want to find out what they're, what they're working on and what things they've worked on in the past. And tell me a little bit more about yourself so I can kind of know who you are and stuff. Um, who are, who's your audience? And so, I, but I really want to know, it's important for me to make sure they are not going to be creating a course like mine or like anyone's anyone else's really, I want to know that they have integrity and I want to know who they are. That's it. Um, so then after that, I am now starting to send a simple one page, really simple. It's basically a non-disclosure agreement and also a non-compete form because if this were to happen in the future, I think that more and more people, I think that Actually, my, this is, this is, this will go down as the episode where I share like my little, what grinds my gears about the online business industry. But I think so many things are so flipping messy, like the way teams are managed and handled and hired and, and, um, and actually when people are let go, I think that there, there's a lot of problems in that area. It's just messy. It's not professional. And I know that we're kind of creating this new world over here, but I don't think that that means we abandon what has been created and has been improved upon over years, you know, in, in, corporate in the corporate world. So I still stand by a lot of that stuff because I think it does, it it was created for a reason. And so I say that because, um, I find that, like I said, it is so easy for someone to have, let's say their social media program about whatever, and then they have a great launch of it. And they're like, Oh, I can teach this method. When really what they did was a, you know, a combination of a lot of people that they worked with's method, they don't really need to be teaching it. They don't really need to teach their, their strategy. And so I, I really want to have that non-compete form in place. I think it's a really good thing to have, even when you have team members, not to say that they can't have a business in the online business space. If you, let's say, work with a VA or a business manager, but that it's really clear what, you know, your boundaries are in terms of, hey, you can't come in here and do do this with me and then basically offer something similar later. It's not to stop them from doing their thing. It just means that you you're like making a commitment to each other. And I really do believe you can't control what other people do in their businesses. And I understand the the interest in doing that kind of a thing where you're like, oh my gosh, I figured this out. I got to teach this to everybody. But just be aware 
that sometimes you might not even realize you're kind of encroaching on what somebody else has created, spent a decade creating. <laughs> so um, you can have boundaries, but you and just know that you can't control everything, but you can just ask people to have a sense. I guess it's like a little bit of decorum when they're doing business with you. So now let's, let's go to some great bet. Good things. This is the great side of partnering. You can sometimes never tell which partners will be the best. And that's actually a good thing because it allows you to just kind of put yourself out there in front of different people. You want to know for sure. And you want to be okay with even the, the misses, right? The miss, the, the opportunities that don't go so well. You're like, eh, I guess they didn't convert. You'll know that now. Now that is a piece of information you have about your ideal customer. Um, your audience has the answers to actually which partners are going to work well for you. So really dig into what they're doing and try to, try to do some audience research to find out what people, maybe even your closest clients, what other people are, who, who are they listening to, what books are they reading, that kind of thing. And just because, just remember that just because you have great chemistry or a good back and forth with someone, it doesn't mean it's going to pan out um, as like a lucrative opportunity. It doesn't mean, okay, this is going to be money, <laughs> you know, because I've definitely done my share of, there's probably only been one, par two partners that I've had, I almost forgot about the other one, two partners that I've had in the past who... I, I just don't know. There's just magic when these two people, when I get on with either of these people, it just works. Um, and we don't even have to be prepared and it works. So I think that um, if you're not sure how something's going to work with someone, do something easy. The live conversation, I think is a great way. Go in with like three points you're going to share with their audience and make sure you have a clear call to action. Maybe it's to um, attend a webinar. You know, you don't have to do a webinar. You can actually do a series of lives to get people to your webinar, <laughs> you know, or to your application page or whatever it may be. Um, so you reach new people without having to get consistent. That's another great thing about partner, having like some sort of partnership or collaboration process. Um, when you start doing this, you'll realize you're like, wow, I literally just sent my partnership packet of things to that person. They're sending out all the email. They're, they're posting all the social. I'm not doing anything. So it allows, it allows you to, you know, attract new people build your list, build your audience without being on social all day, without running expensive ads that maybe are confusing or just aren't working. And you're expanding your list without spending a lot of time or money doing anything else. Plus you're helping someone else gain value and revenue potentially simply by just sharing your work. Um, and by the way, this can be the case, even if you're just doing a podcast tour and you just say, okay, I'm, I have a podcast, but I'm actually going to focus on getting on other people's podcasts and always have that clear call to action. And those three things that, you know, you can share and just ask the person if at the very end, they can ask you to share those three things. And then you'll kind of do your mini live conversation at the very end of your podcast. There's different ways to kind of do this and 
you know, when you, when you do go on your podcast, you're like, Hey, I'd love to share this. And if anybody from your show or if any of your listeners, um, apply or join or whatever, um, I, if you want, I can make you one of our, you know, partners. Sometimes the word affiliate is a little bit like, eh, but if you say partners, then it can be a little bit, it feels a little bit better for some reason. Um, also the great part of partnerships, and this is the, actually my favorite part of it, no matter what way you're doing it, no matter what format it looks like, it's that it allows you to test your messaging in front of new people. This is key. The testing your messaging is everything because if your messaging works and especially in front of cold, cold audiences, that's, I feel like that's the test of some good messaging. If, if completely new people to you understand what you're offering and are excited by it and actually take action. Great. All amazing. Okay. So six can, this is, this is an interesting way. This, um, so there are different ways. The question that I kind of pose to myself is, can you have an ongoing partnership? What about an affiliate program? We just said, I don't like the word affiliate, but it's okay. Um, there are two great ways that I personally love for partnerships. And I know that there are lots of other people talking about partnerships, affiliate programs, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Collabs. Of course, there's tons of different things you can do. Just get creative. But um, here are the two really simple, straightforward ways that I love to do this. So you pitch partners, reach out to them to do a specific webinar in a specific time period, kind of like a one-time campaign. There's that way. Okay. So they're in, they're out. That's it. Or you have an ongoing affiliate program where let's say these same partners above, you just say, Hey, I'm just going to leave that funnel open. If you want to keep sending people to it, that's fine. Um, or do you want to ongoing, do you want to send people over to my main evergreen funnel and be an affiliate? Um, you can also get in this way. So you can definitely clue in your partners who are the ones set getting people to come to the webinars and all that kind of stuff. But you can also ask people who might not have as much of an audience or maybe aren't really prepared to do a more public webinar workshop type of thing. You can ask past customers, people who like you, what you do, but maybe don't have an audience to support doing that webinar. You can also create an on a uh, basic ongoing or launch only affiliate program. Um, this depends on the type of offers and launches and promotions you do. So if you have an evergreen program that's always available, well, then the program, the affiliate program can just be ongoing. And all you would need to do is make sure people know that you have this affiliate program and, you know, have, have like a little link in your navigation, either at the top or the bottom of your website. So bottom line here is, it, and the, the bottom line question is, so should you tap into other audiences and partners? Yes. It's a free new traffic source, potential source for new sales. And, um, it's an amazing way to just really, um, inject new energy and, and visibility for you in front of more people, which just expands everything. 
But like I said before, always go in with that basic agreement and understanding of who you, who these partners are and what their business is, what it's maybe going to be. And um, I've actually gathered some resources for you, which will be in the show notes here. So there are going to be some resor- more resources for you to learn. If you want to learn more about partnering, um, people that I follow, that I'm on their email list, there's a couple people that I'll, I'll link below. Um, and a, a book, one book specifically that I love for this, and a couple blog posts. And also, I want to make sure you know that we do cover the basics of really mapping out the whole partnership experience, finding affiliates, even if you don't have a big list or a big following. Um, we do this inside pretty much, well, Fearless Launching, and we also talk about it in the incubator at a much higher level. So definitely check out the programs that I offer, and you can do that at the link below. I think you can just go to ansamorelove.com, and it'll bring you to my homepage where there's like programs at the top, so you can just click on that and be good with that. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. So the steps again, just really quick, is is why partner? And think to yourself why you want to partner. What is your specific goal? Um, then define who you want to partner with and remember who that can be for you. Um, then you will reach out for the first time or the second time and widen that circle from your more inner circle of the people you feel most comfortable reaching out to first, and then kind of keep going open that circle a little bit to reach out to those people. Um, next number four, you're going to put some sort of agreement in place and we know why. And then also we're going to remember number five is just remember that there are amazing there's such an amazing benefit to partnering with other people and, and because business is collaborative, right? We want to be with other people, the, the most successful people. And I've heard many people say this recently and I'm like, yeah, that's actually true. (laughs) The most successful people online or not, are not just sitting alone in their, in their home, in their basement all the time. They're on Zoom calls. They're going to events. They're talking to people in coffee shops. They're they're out there interacting with other people and connecting with other people. And also number six, remember that there are different ways you can do your partnership program or your affiliate program. And you get to decide what that's going to be based on your, what you want to do, what your product is, how often you offer it. Um, and if you have any questions about anything we shared today, definitely let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram, DM me at Ann Samoylov, and you can also just respond to, if you're on the mailing list, which if you're not, go over to Ann Samoylov, just sign up for, let's say the roadmap. I think there's a launch roadmap there and you could sign up for that. And then each week you'll get a call to just reply to me because I want to know if you're planning on creating a partnership program for yourself. Um, and that's it. I think, I think we've covered everything. All right. So thank you again for listening to the Fearless Launching Show 
podcast. I'm Anne Samoylov, and next week we'll be back with an interesting topic. I don't think many people talk about it because they think, uh, duh, but it's all about building launch stamina. And you might be surprised at the different angles that we look at this topic from, but it's a really important one. And if you've ever been super exhausted by your launches, or you feel like your audience is just tapped out, it could be an issue of stamina. So make sure to listen to us next week and go over to Spotify or to iTunes or to Google Podcasts and um, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating and review. We would love that so much. And I will see you next Thursday. Thursday.